I got my crime juice. Crime juice? I have mine. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Authorities are desperately searching for a killer accused of going on a rampage. The search for a possible serial killer. An urgent manhunt for a man authorities believe is behind a triple killing spree. Police here speculating that a possible serial killer may have struck again. Told her to get out of the car and that's when she became afraid and then I shot her. Welcome to Jesse Wiseman's Crime Corner. Crime juice. Some of you were asking one of the one of the eight one of the eight people. Although we are up to twenty five. Thank you, twenty five. That's right. Um, someone was asking what is in the crime juice. So it's whatever rosé I can find at the Valero gas station and some sparkling water, otherwise known as a spritza. Spritza. A spritza. A little bit of wine and some sparkling water so that you can be like I drinking more, drinking more without it being, you know. And why is it in that giant uh, glass? Because I will knock it over otherwise. <laughs> so I we have tried and you guys remember one of the shows mm-hmm. which is the normal spills. I think it was three. Was it three? <laughs> I think it was three and possibly more, but it was just a normal Kind of like a pint glass or just a little wine glass. I think it was one of those, like you have. Maybe. And the amount of times that I just... I talk with my hands. <laughs> Very animated. What can I say? But anyways, uh, we are missing... Yet again, we are missing our third mustache. Uh, coop. Yep. It is below... It's 30 degrees out here in Texas. Mm-hmm. And he's driving far, and so we wanted to keep our little our little boy safe, yeah. our sweet sweet boy. And we said he does have an old car, you know. You know who among us, right? But it's like, you it's know, we just world didn't. Out there. It's a dangerous world out there. I didn't personally want to be responsible for Coop's death. I'll leave that to someone else. I, I, I wouldn't mind at all. I'll leave that to the next girlfriend. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. I can't be the one. That is responsible for his death. So, anyways, Coop, you are missed. This episode, I did. I needed him only because um, this episode is probably the most brutal, the most insane. I don't do trigger warnings. I don't. But if I were to do a trigger warning on any of the shows, it would be this one. Fuck. And I do have to say right off the top. This uh, this case was suggested mm-hmm. by your sick fuck wife, Kaveta. <laughs> and I say that with love. It takes one to know one. I say it with love. Oh. I didn't know how fucked up she was. Now I know. And her and I are going to get along. But... <laughs> But I will be roasting you and her the entire episode because it's bad. One of the worst. Remember Dahmer? Yeah. Dahmer was a tiny little pussy cat compared to what? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and it really does play on a lot of people's uh, fears um, and phobias oh, and nightmares and everything. And it just is literally 
the worst. We will say we are doing the case of Colleen Stan, the girl in the box. You guys, it was a pretty high-profile case in the 80s, so I'm sure people have... Some people know. I don't know about it. Well, you don't know about anything. She sent me a paragraph text about it, and I just copied it and sent it to me. And sent it to me. Yeah. Had you researched a little bit, you would have not have sent that to me. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You would have been like, oh, I think... Great. This is not going to be good. Great. For me, so anyone who who's claustrophobic is going to have a problem. But oh, no. um, we'll say off the top only because you know it was a pretty high profile case about a kidnapping girl kept in a box. Uh, we can go through <laughs> the details of that, and we will. But that's what we're getting into. Oh God. Ah, bud. This is gonna be a dark one. It's going to be a real dark one, but let's start off with some fun. So last episode we did, last Patreon, not audio, the last Patreon episode we did was about Ben Rennick, the uh, snake breeder. The Johnny Depp of snakes. The Johnny Depp of snakes, snakes, um, who (laughs) was killed by his wife. Mm-hmm. Tried to make it look like a snake bite. Didn't work too well because eight gunshots to the head is not going to really look like a but, snake did it. But she tried, and she was a masseuse. So a lot of these, what we did was, since it was kind of a fun, punny episode, mm-hmm. we uh, asked the audience, Patreon audience, to send us their titles. Yeah. And uh, we would pick from them. And put yeah. it on the audio. So we're not sure yet. We would love your guys. You haven't decided yet? I have my faves, but there's a couple that I can't decide between. But okay. let's shout you guys out and and uh, and read these there's titles. Like I said, <laughs> there's, there's snakes involved and the girl is a masseuse. It's kind of all you need to know, right? A lot of these are going that way. <laughs> One of my faves, Alec... Like Baldwin, right? Yes. Um, he suggested skank in the grass, yeah. and I have to say front runner, right? That's good. Uh, Devin O'Brien, snakes gone wrong. Good. You know, maybe snakes gone wild, something yeah, like this, but no, no, no. Something like yeah, that, yeah, like yeah, but I like it. I like it. Uh, William Beaumont has three. Oh, wow. He just couldn't decide. Or actually, he has two. One of which may be a front runner, not sure. Lady on the streets, snake in the sheets. <laughs> Come good. on, that was That's good. That stuff. was good. And then the snaky masseuse. Oh, the snaky masseuse. Yeah, is yeah, good yeah. Too. Mm. Crime juice. Um, crime juice. Crime juice. Uh, Rubes. We got a shout out, Rubes. Amen. Not that, not that he he's gonna win, but he insulted us. With the uh, oh, title, right. right? So snakes and shiatsu, and then in parentheses he put, "That's, that's Jeff." A, that's a massage. That's a thing. form of massage, you dum dums. Yeah. It's like, oh, thanks, thanks, Rube, thanks. Um, Dylan Bowen, the snake with two first names. The snake with two first names. That's good because the wife had two first names. Oh yes, right, Lynn, Lynn Lane or something. God damn, it's like I... It was was two L's, wasn't it? I can't remember. Something Lynn. Yeah, it was Lynn something. Amy Lynn, Annie Lynn, whatever. (laughs) One of those. Terry Lynn, Tina Lynn. Um, Tina Tina Lynn. And then the second one, which I love a lot. The guy's name was Ben Rennick. 
Ben snaking around. <laughs> good one, good one. B E N snaking around. Love it. Joshua Ayers uh, or Ayers snakes for stopping by. That's good. Like that one. I like that one. Mm-hmm. I may pick one that's like the dumbest pun <laughs> instead of the best like title. Right. So it, we'll we'll see. It's up to you. My criteria is changing every day. But Danielle Wheeland. Uh, cold-hearted snake. Now look, straightforward. I like that. If I were to choose one, it would be that one, right? Yeah, it's a solid title. It's a solid title. BK, the Johnny Depp of snakes, because the quote from that episode, the Johnny Johnny Depp of snakes was pretty good. It was pretty good. (laughs) Um, It's such a nerdy thing for those snake fuckers to say, right? He was the Johnny Depp, yeah. And then the last one is Ben Rennick, death by gaddle snake. <laughs> Get it? Like gat, a gat? Like yeah. Cody. That's Cody Bailey. I think that's my favorite. It is because it's, it's just like. A gangster, you know? I like when you have to explain it. Like, get it? <laughs> like, you don't want it to be straightforward. You want it to be like, no, 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 because like gat, like a gun. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Although I will say, Lady on the Street skank, uh, Snake in the sh- in the Sheets is very good too. Yeah. There's some. There's a. There's a few. There's. 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 Yeah. Top, we'll. There's we'll pick three. one. But these are the. These are the top front runners. So Thank you guys. Picking. Okay. Okay. If I were to pick right now, if I were to pick right now, you don't have to. I think I will. All right. I'm going to go Dylan Bowen's Ben snaking around. <laughs> okay. Right? All right? Ben, you got it. That's it. Ben snaking around. His ben name snaking is ben? around. The main guy. The guy that... No. Ben Rennick. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but the guy that won the quote. No, Dylan Bowen. Oh, Dylan. Dylan. Good job. Uh, honorable Good job, mention, honorable mention to, uh, to William Beaumont, though. Because the other front runner was Lady on the Lady on the Street, Snake in the Sheets. That's good. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you. And for this one, we're not. You know, there's really nothing else you can call this besides the girl in the box. The girl because in the box. Also, you know, we want people to find it. We want the show to blow up. Yeah. And people search the girl in the box. I'm sorry, but on the next one, we I think we might do this more because it's fun. Of the of the title, I think it's fine. Not this one. I see what you're saying. Not with this one. This one we're gonna have to really stick to the to the IP. Okay. Mm. Copy. All right, crime juice. You got your your five hour your five hour juice. My crime juice is is it okay if crime juice is different or it has to be? Crime juice is whatever you need. Because mine's whiskey. To get through the crime, yeah. yeah. Your crime juice is going to be different than my crime juice, going to be like... different than Coop's crime juice. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into it. Buckle up, you guys. Let's see how fucked up my wife is. Let's see how fucked up Joel's wife is and maybe an insight into what she's into. Okay? <laughs> I know. Now, oh, no. I will say to her this because she does love it. Caveta, it's interessant that you sent me this. Okay? Interessant. It's interessant, yeah. my friend. 
<laughs> and believe me, I, and by the way, everything I say is is with love. Because that's, that's in order for us to be friends, she's got to be a sick fuck that sends the worst case of all time <laughs> as her only suggestion. Okay. I'm worried about this because these shows already make me a little paranoid about yep. all these wives killing their no, husbands. No, no, but it's not. Their wives. This isn't at all that. She may just be trying to tell you, like, stuff she wants to try out. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So... Colleen Stan, the girl in the box. Colleen Stan was born on New Year's Eve, 1956, to Mother Evelyn and Father Jack. Uh, She was the oldest of three daughters and was raised in Riverside, California. Colleen was... Riverside. I know, dude. This is is a Cali case, dude. This is northern Cali. Yeah. Yeah. Riverside. Riverside. Around the time that we were born, too, bud. Shit. Yeah, we were in California as this girl was getting fucking tortured in a box. All right. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> we were living right. We were living right there. We could have saved her, bro. We could have toddled right over there in our diapers and saved her. Anyway, <laughs> Colleen was always a creative, free spirit, and of course, a hippie. Right, Northern California. It's just like against the law not to be a hippie. Um, she was such a free spirit, in fact, that she dropped out of school at sixteen. And married a man she had been dating. Uh, The two moved away, but their marriage only lasted a year. Weird, right? Interesting. You would think that 16-year-old marriage would be forever. Yeah. Right? It's always sad when stuff like that doesn't work out, right? When you drop out of school and marry some guy and move away. And it isn't forever. Was he an older man? No, I mean, it wasn't weird like that. They were around the same age. Okay. I think he was like 19 or something, but didn't work didn't out. Work out. Didn't work out, you know? Um, after her divorce at age 17, <laughs> divorced at age 17, <laughs> creative, free spirit Colleen, right? Hippie. She moved to hippie, creative. Divorce. Played by her own rules. Wasn't much of a school person, she said. You know how that goes, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm really smart, but like, I don't know. I'm just not into school, school. right? I'm destined for better things. Oh, no. She was, Joel. She was. Your wife fucking knows what she was destined Destined for. Um, Okay, so after her divorce at age 17, she moved in with a family in Eugene, Oregon. So it's just kept going north, right? Okay. Uh, Bob, Alice, and their young daughter were friends of Colleen and eventually roommates. So they all lived together. Uh, Colleen loved their daughter, and they were all really good, you know, friends. I'm sure she watched, was like part babysitter, part friend, little hippie house. Okay. I see. Okay? Yeah, I'm picturing it. Yeah, she's she's going through, you know, she just got divorced. She's young teen divorced. Young divorced <laughs> teen just trying to figure out her life. Um, on May 19th, 1977, 20-year-old Colleen decided to surprise her friend in Northern California for her birthday. Okay. Um, Colleen didn't have a car, but she considered herself a professional hitchhiker, Joel. Jesus. Okay. And this might be another case of all the 70s where like <laughs> a lot of people all hitchhiked. It, it wasn't 
as weird as it is now. I mean, the lessons we learned from all the hitchhikers that either got kidnapped or killed is the reason why we don't hitchhike today, right? Yeah, but no in the 70s, nowadays. my gosh, it was just like, where are you going, friend? I'm on my way. It was more like, you know. She was hitchhiking? Yes, at age 20. No wonder she ends up in a box. Or is she not the one? Is she the one that put someone in a box? No. Okay. No. No, this is pretty straightforward uh, <laughs> yeah. kidnapping and, and put in a box, okay? Um. So she had gotten two rides so far and was only about 100 miles away from her destination. So she kind of just needed one more ride. She could be there before night. Um, she turned down two rides because she didn't have a good feeling. So like no. one was like a group of guys and then another was like a trucker. And she was just like, eh, I'm good. Like I'm looking for There's the right person be kidnapped and put in a box you know what i mean i'm not really wanting to like just drive with you guys um so she had turned down two rides third time's a charm yeah and so when when 23 year old cameron and 19 year old janice hooker and their eight month old baby pulled up in their blue van blue like minivan she was like oh my gosh this family. is perfect. This is a little family. They're going right where I'm going. Like, this is amazing. I could not have found a better ride. So she jumps in the back. Um, and she had her bag and a sleeping bag with her. And she was just, like, sitting in the back um, talking to the family about where she's going. She did say that she was surprising a friend. And we now know, to keep ourselves safe, we always let people know. You know, if you're hanging out with someone or whatever, if you're getting a ride, if you're on a bus with someone, whatever. Let people know where you, you are. You let people know that there's somebody expecting you. So you're not, like, surprising someone and nobody's going to be looking for you for weeks, right? So you kind of just go, yeah, yeah I've just, I just talked to my friend. She, she, I told her I would be there by tonight, so she's going to be expecting me that. You know, she didn't do that. But again, she did the opposite. this is the 70s. We you didn't know, know this stuff yet. Yeah, it's a big surprise. No one's going to know where I am for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> she she kind of let it all out there. But anyway, she only did that, I think, because she felt so comfortable with the situation as anyone would. Yeah. Right, I mean like, that sounds. I'm already. I feel comfortable. Are you Are you really telling me that something bad is going to happen in this situation? They've so got a little kid. They've got a baby, literally yeah. a baby, and they're young. They're her age. Like, seem normal. So she wasn't thinking anything. Um, Col <clears throat> Colleen and the family were talking. Uh, Colleen actually noticed, though. Maybe it was in hindsight. Maybe she noticed at the time. You never know when people are recalling a story, but. She said that she noticed Cameron kind of looking at her in the rearview mirror weird. And she was got a, a little bit of a weird vibe, but again was like, but no. I mean, he's probably just, he might be just a weird dorky dude. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, they stopped at a gas station for snacks. And Colleen remembers looking in the mirror in the bathroom and hearing a voice in her head just be like, jump out the window and leave like you can't like don't get back in the car really? and she was like D and she ended up being like god i'm being crazy like as you do sometimes where you feel you and especially as a woman where you're like i don't want to make them feel bad and like i'm just being crazy right 
because we're never taught to go with our first instinct. We're always taught that we're insane. And that if we like think anything, it's because we're fucking insane, right? And so right. she's like, uh, no, no, no. It's nothing. It's nothing. What is he? There's a baby in the fucking car and his wife. Like, what is he going to do all of a sudden? Fucking, I'll tell you what he's going to do. Oh, God. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So I was, I was thinking that she was going to jump out the window because she robbed them or something. She was stealing from them, you know, hippie. Sure. Teen. No, she's not like that. Um, she she was getting creepy vibes. She was getting weird vibes, but again, like I said, this is in the retelling, you know, of her retelling the story. Yeah. And you look back on things, and it's going to seem different than in the moment. It was probably a fleeting, you know, she probably remembers like a little thought of like, huh, weird. Right. And then in the bathroom being like, should I do this? And then just, you know. So as you tell the story more and more. It's going to become a different thing. But shortly after, so she got back in the car. She's like, duh, fuck it, whatever. Got something to drink. It's fine. It's fine. Got back in the back seat with the young family and their baby. Um, by the way, when they were talking, when they were chatting, uh, Cameron was talking about these caves that were close by, like these crystal caves or some kind of like, it's something in Northern California where you can like visit these like, caves and go inside and they're amazing and so shortly after she got back in the car he kind of pulled off into this dirt road and was like let's go let's just go check out the caves I mean we're all on a road trip like you know trying to keep it cash trying to keep it hippie and she's like oh okay she and especially and again she did say when you're hitchhiking you're not trying to you don't tell people where to go you kind of just like you're either in the car if you don't want to go somewhere you get out or you go where they want you to go, right? If they're wanting to see, you know, a museum or something, you stop with them. If they want to get dinner, you know. So she kind of felt like, all right, if they wanted to see this anyways, I'll just go with them and, you know, check it out. Yeah. Um, it's already, now it's beginning to get creepy already. You think? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's not at all. You yet. know who would really like this part? <coughs> Your fucking sick wife. <laughs> just kidding. Now she's getting she's getting excited. So she's getting excited right now. Your wife, Everyone yeah. She's like, ooh, out. it's getting creepy. <laughs> That's her accent. Keep in mind, I've never met her. I think of her as just this like beautiful little blonde, you know, nymph girl that yeah, like has like this fairy. amazing accent and is just like the coolest thing ever. The accent's nice. Yeah, I bet. So, like I said, I say it with love, but goddamn, she is twisted and she is fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the car came to a stop in the middle of the dirt road. Colleen's kind of like, huh, don't see where the caves might be, but all right. Um, Janice just got out the front door with the baby and kind of walked off, I guess, to look at some creek just went through. Oh, no. In Colleen's mind, she just kind of got out and walked somewhere. She didn't really know what was going on, leaving Cameron and Colleen in the car. Cameron quickly jumped in the back seat, held a knife to Colleen's throat, and told her that she is going to do whatever he said. He put her inside her own sleeping bag, zipped it up, and you know like the sleeping bags that have kind of like the cinch at the top? Yeah. Cinched it around her neck so she's kind of like in this like sleeping bag cocoon. 
With just her head sticking out? Mm-hmm. Not for long, though, because he would put her head into a box that he had made, um, a la some kind of, like, bondage situation. This box, by the way, had been sitting next to her on the seat the entire time, and she was kind of like, meh. Like, whatever, it's Wait, some... a head? A, a, what yeah, mean? so basically, it's almost like a clamshell. There's a hole. It's a clamshell, and you put it over the person's head and lock it. So, like, clamshell oh, it over okay. with the neck. Inside is padding, carpet. So if you scream or whatever, no one can hear you. So she now has oh, a box over her head. She can barely breathe. She's inside her sleeping bag. And he laid her down in the back and told her to stay there. Um, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Wrong car, Colleen. Yeah. You took the wrong ride, buddy. Okay? And you didn't instincts. listen to any of your instincts. So <laughs> I'm sorry, but... Your your uh, your title of professional hitchhiker has just been revoked, right? She doesn't seem to have very good uh, instincts all around. All around. Yeah. So at this point, let's introduce Cameron and Janice, the couple that ended up picking her up. So Cameron was a lumber and mill worker with an intense bondage fantasy. Oh, fuck. Cameron met his wife Janice when she was 15 and kind of forced her to become his slave. He would hang her from trees, uh, by chains. He would whip her, stretch her on racks, chain her up, torture her. The two were married when Janice was 16. So Janice was kind of like his first victim. There's actually a book that was written about her ordeal in all of this, which was called The Perfect Victim, because... Of her upbringing, she was she wasn't abused, but she was definitely she was part of a big family, and you know her parents didn't really give her any attention except for to tell her that she was like stupid or that she wasn't good enough, whatever. It was not a great home life. So yeah, he she was the perfect victim to turn into a slave and make do whatever you wanted her to do as long as you gave her praise for it. Like, you're so awesome for doing this. You're so, this is amazing. You know what I mean? Holy shit. So she's a slave too? She, she is the, yeah. She, I mean, some would argue whatever, but like she, if you're marrying someone at 16, if you start like. In the 70s. Right. When he's four years, five years older. So you know, you kind of just go like, okay, I guess we're getting married. I guess this is what you do if you don't know anything at 15. So he basically, he turned her into a slave and ultimately into a perpetrator, right? Like brainwashed her fully. Yeah, 100%. What the fuck? So uh, they were married when Janice was 16. And after a couple years of Janice, like, fulfilling all of his dark fantasies and... Uh, doing whatever he wanted, whether she wanted to or not, he expressed interest in finding a new slave because he just wasn't that interested in it, in it anymore. You kind of, with this kind of stuff, you need to keep it exciting. Once someone is so compliant and it's not really like that fear of them 
not liking it or screaming or wanting to escape if you don't have that, especially with the kind of bondage that he's into, which is he doesn't want consent. He actually would rather you, he needs you to kind of not want to do it. So if you ever get comfortable with it and you're like, all right, put me on the fucking rack, whatever, then he's like, eh, this isn't doing it for me anymore. So This is fucked up. Yeah, dude. But this is not even the fucked up part. This is not even the fucked up part, dude. Good, I'm already uncomfortable. Yeah, you fucking should be uncomfortable. It's 30 degrees, and I'm all I'm all sweaty. You're all sweaty. (laughs) You picked this. Your wife picked it. Coop's not here. You're in the hot seat, bro, with one of the worst cases ever brought to my desk. (laughs) I'm sorry, detective. No, I'm just joking. No, look, it's a famous case. I'm sure people kind of know about it. Yeah. Although I will say this really quick, like you can't find many video. There was a snapped, there was a 48 hours. All of that has been taken down probably really? because this day and age, like, I mean, dude, the it's amount of much. trigger warnings and the amount of things that you have to say, like this next part, if you, you know, claustrophobia, rape, suicide, all of that, you can't put enough disclaimers on the fucking thing. So they've taken down a lot of the videos. Wow. Um, this is going to be fun to look for images for the images you can find very easy to find images but you cannot find like let's hear it for our next advertiser prize picks prize picks is america's number one fantasy sports app with over three million members they are the easiest and most exciting way to play dfs uh, it's just you against the numbers. You pick more than or less than uh, two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Uh, the big game is always right around the corner. Prize picks is the easiest and most exciting way to turn every game changing moment into a hundred times your money potentially with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into a thousand dollars it's demon time on prize picks uh so you're going at it here demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks uh squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts uh and again now you can win up to a hundred times your money with as little as four correct picks if you want to play alongside uh, alongside some of the Prize Picks' favorite players like uh, Meek Mill, Andrew Schultz, you can find them in the community plays underneath the promos tab of the app uh, to view the entries from some of the biggest names in Prize Picks community each and every week. This week on Prize Picks, I'm selecting Steph Curry for more than 29 points and the Joker. For more than 10 rebounds. I think Bob's taking Anthony Davis uh, for more than two blocks. And Damian Lillard for four three-pointers made. Go to prizepicks.com slash Ross Patterson and use the code Ross Patterson for a first deposit match for up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash Ross Patterson and use code Ross Patterson for a first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Yeah! Let's give it up for Liquid IV. Yeah! .com, baby! Promo code Nooners over there is going to get you 20% off your first order. Rage this weekend. Jobless on accident. I feel like it was an accidental rage this weekend. Yeah. And uh, I needed some liquid IV to start off today. 
I start every day with a liquid IV. Um, our kids are using liquid IV. Yes. Um, they've got the new and improved sugar-free liquid IVs as well. And Pear is back. Pear is back. That's my favorite. Pear was my favorite there. Um, big fan. But uh, hanging out, watching sports, hanging out with the friends and all that other stuff. You start boozing, you lose track of time, and then you're like, oh, shit. I need to rehydrate for the week. Got to pop in that liquid IV. Are you a daily girl? Because I don't see you every single morning all the time. Yeah, I'm a daily girl. So I do um, one of the sugar-free grapes Mm. or the sugar-free apple, which are my new faves, in 24 ounces. Okay. So it is supposed to be just in, they say, like, put a packet in 16, 8, 16 ounces. 16 ounces of water. that's going to hydrate you double. Um, I put in the 24 ounce, maybe onesie or twosie. Yeah. And go through the day. Yeah, yeah, it's life changing. I, I call it Hydration Monday here on the show because it's, uh, it's one of those things where, again, you go hard over the weekends, you got the kids, you're not eating great, uh, you're boozing with some friends or whatever, and then boom, reset on Mondays, pop in the liquid IV, and you're good to go. Um, but it's, uh, it's a little pouch. That's it. You're ripping open, popping into liquid, 16 ounces or more. And you're good to go. Super easy there. Three times the electrolytes, uh, no artificial sweeteners, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Weekends are for going wild. Have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code Nooners at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Superior Hydration today using promo code Nooners at liquidiv.com documentaries videos like i said they did a lot of high profiles like a dateline 40 48 hours that kind of thing and all of those have been taken down wow just saying but images all over you can find images of like the box of the head box that's so creepy of not with her in it but like what it looks like yeah. yeah 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 i'm claustrophobic so that would fuck me up even if i was walking around with just that on yeah so good thing you you picked this case bud um i didn't pick it Oh, yeah, that's right. Your sick fuck wife. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So uh, he was expressing interest in finding a new slave to be with them. He didn't want to leave her, but like maybe adding someone to the mix. Right. This As- is kind of like the, the, the story we did on the, the pedophile who had the two kids. The one started getting old enough. And so. Yes. The second one. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing where not the same kind of thing, but the same sick fuck thing where. You get someone young enough, you brainwash them, and then you try and turn them into a perpetrator like you so that you both, you know, you have something on them as well. So it's like you can't go to the police because I'll fucking tell them you did this, which you did. Right. So that's another way of trapping them. It's just creeping me out thinking about how they're, they're living that long and having that that like fetish or that fucked up problem that they're doing. And they do it so much that they're fucking bored of it, so they have to get someone else. Yeah. It's fucked up. And they do this shit every day, dude. Like, when you have, especially if you're a young dude, 23, and you have that kind of fetish, and you have someone that's fucking down, they were fucking doing weird-ass shit all the time. It's a full-time fucking job for these creeps, dude. What the fuck? To me, I'm like, how do you find the time, dude? 
It's a lot of energy, yeah. I can't even fucking, I don't even have time to work out. <laughs> anyway, um, so Janice agreed, obviously, because she agrees to everything. She's very submissive, but she had conditions that she wanted to have a baby. So if he wanted to give her a baby, he can go get a fucking slave and he couldn't have sex with her, like couldn't penetrate. He could do all this fucking weird ass shit. He could get off, whatever, but he can't actually have sex with this slave. He's like, all right, cool. He agrees. Yeah. She's got some power. Yeah, because he's like, oh, yeah, she's got some power. (laughs) She's got some real power, dude. Um, All right. So let's go back to the ride from hell to hell. So now we're back in uh, where Colleen is being kidnapped. She is confined to the head box, laying in the back seat. Um, so again, this is, this is where, so he couldn't penetrate her. So then after the child was born, they began actively together looking for a hitchhiker to be a slave. So they were driving around. around. Yeah. And I'm sure they like picked up some people that weren't going to work, let them out, whatever. So they wanted to find someone that was going to be the perfect, another perfect victim. Like the first this one is a he real had. Story. This feels like a movie. Yeah. They're just like two fucked up people. It is. It does feel like a movie because just the it's unimaginable. Yeah. The craziness, the creepiness, the every day too for them, just driving around looking for people. Yeah. Pretending to be normal with a baby in the car. That sounds so fucked up. And they're married. Yeah. It's just a, it's a level of evil and insanity that it feels like a movie because we can't wrap our heads around the fact that people are people like that are out there. Yeah. In the world. Um all right. So she's laying in the back seat in her own sleeping bag with the box on her head. Uh and they start the journey back to their home. But first, they had to stop to get some fast food. And uh, they're just, they stopped and they were just eating burgers in the front seat with Colleen in the head box and sleeping bag in the back. She recalls like being able to smell their food, being like, are these fucking sick fucks just sitting there eating? Like, that's how. I feel like I can't eat if I'm, like, a little bit nervous. So, like, the fact that you are so calm about this situation that you're able to, like, then... They're, like, excited for the adventures to come, right? He definitely is, you know, Janice TBD on what that actually was. But um, when they got to the house, it was dark. I think that's what they were probably waiting for when they stopped, is, like, they needed it to be dark so they could get her. they needed to waste some time. Yeah, so they got her in the house without the neighbors seeing and they led her, she's blindfolded, she has the box off, but she's blindfolded now. And they lead her down into the basement. And Cameron immediately hung her from the ceiling, both hands uh, in restraints. And she was standing on top of almost like an apple box type thing, a refrigerator. And he quickly kicked that out from under her, so she was hanging uh, almost like a cross, so like not even hanging straight, which would be more like a little bit more comfortable, but really far out. So you're just like oh, shoulders are getting ripped apart. Just from day one. Day one, dude. Immediately she got down in there. This is still the first fucking day. Um, he stripped her naked and began whipping her. 
Janice went upstairs to put the baby to bed, as you do, <laughs> as you do, right? You don't want to, you got to gotta stick to the bedtime routine. Um, and uh, while Janice was upstairs putting the baby to sleep, Cameron was sexually assaulting, but again, not, not actual penetration. Uh, and Colleen, as, uh, as Colleen was asking why and screaming, Cameron left her downstairs hanging and put something else under her feet, but it was like just her tiptoes. So she was like pressing with her tiptoes to try and get to a place where she wasn't, you know. I don't like this Just topic straight at all. suspended. Yeah, you shouldn't. But this is going to be a lesson to you. Why did you agree to do this, though? I mean, it's high profile. <laughs> it's high profile and it's fucked up. And I just wanted to make fun of you and your wife the whole time. <laughs> really is the whole thing. Oh, man. This, um, yeah, I'm uncomfortable right now. Yeah, that's about all of the, like, stuff. I mean, I can't, I honestly can't go through all of it because I, like, I can't even say all the stuff. But I'll give brief overviews of things and, not, and try and not go into, like, real, real graphic. Um, but the first night... I think is important. And then the rest is kind of be like, look, she was in a box. What are you going to do? Um, so uh, Cameron and Janice came back downstairs. So he left her hanging down there. He went upstairs, got Janice, came back down. They had sex at her feet. She was then strapped to a rack and the box was put back over her head. And she was left like that overnight. This evening was the beginning of seven years of unimaginable torture and confinement, okay? But just to, like, ease your mind a little bit, it does get into some Stockholm. It does get into some, like, many, uh, many opportunities to escape where she didn't. Oh, no. Because she was in it. Yeah. She's in it. Oh, God so, damn. after... What happened to your fucking brain? I mean, there's all kinds of psychology between behind it and Stockholm when, you know, is in her will... for women or is it men and women? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but women have more kind of empathy as far as, like, feeling bad for people or trying to see why people do things and, you know, figure out, you know feel bad for people basically yeah. right and be like his upbringing or whatever uh, who i don't know Jesus but Christ. after 4 days Colleen's family was called by Bob and Alice because they had not heard from Colleen uh they found out that she had never made it to her friend's birthday and many missing persons reports were made by the family and Bob and Alice in both Oregon and California um, her family never knew what happened to her. They would continue to check in and just had no idea where she went. Although, again, if you're a free spirit and you get married and you leave and then you go live with a, some roommates in Oregon, you're maybe not going to be in real close contact with your family yeah. or you've clearly left at a young age to where they're like, you know, she'll come back when she's she ready. can. She'll come back when she's ready. Maybe we're not getting along. Maybe whatever it may be. Yeah. 
and she kind of does her own thing. There's no cell phones. So like if someone, if you can't get a hold of someone, it's like, okay, well, I don't know the landline that she would be staying at. She needs to call us. Right. Right. And you know, they're not even sure if she's, it's not like a child being right, but it's not like a child being abducted. Right. It's a 20 year old. And you know, um, and she's a wild card. Right. So the kidnappers picked the right person. The kidnappers picked the right person. And then also, you know, police aren't real uh, motivated because, you know, a lot of times they want to be like, it's an adult that's run away before or, you know what I mean? So they're not like freaking out about it because it's not a, a family that's like she calls every day. She was living with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, an adult. hey, man, like we don't. She kind of does this, but, like, we haven't heard from her. We're kind of worried. And they're like, cool, we'll, like, keep an eye out. But they don't even know anything. You know, it was the roommates that knew she was going to the party. The parents hadn't heard from her in a while. So they don't have any details of whatever. She's fucked. She's fucked. So for the first two weeks, she's kept in a small box with her hands and feet restrained. You can find a picture of this, too. uh, With only a small hole to breathe out out of the top. Uh, basically, he would stretch her on racks, hogged, like, what is it? Quartered. Stretched and quartered. Um, like Braveheart? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, to the point of, like, passing out, not being able to breathe, hanging, whipping, electrocution, uh, defecation in front of him, no showers or sleeping, and was strapped in a box after basically being let out to do this stuff, eat, and go back in the box. What the fuck? By the way, Cameron built all of this stuff. So, like, his... This is when I say, like, things like like Dahmer and this person, like, their fantasies and their compulsions, like, are full-time... It's a full-time job. I mean, he is building stuff for it. He's kidnapping people. It's every day something is happening to this person. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. One day, about a month into her nightmare, Cameron let her out of the box and handed her a slave contract. Okay, so here's how we get into the mind control of it. Yeah. So this contract detailed all of the rules that she would be needing to follow or else something called the company would kill her and her family. The company was explained to her that it was like this satanic group that he was a part of, and it's a bunch of high-powered people. And if she says anything to anyone or tries to escape, the company knows who she is, who her family is. Again, pretty far-fetched. I don't know. Like, definitely at this point, I don't know how many people would believe something like that. But I guess you never Nowadays, know. But in the seventies, in the seventies, if you're broken down, sensory sensory deprivation, and you're just—I mean—a little ninny. If she believes or not, right? You what? What does it matter if she believes or not? Because she needs it. He needs her to believe it so that he can keep her confined without actually being confined, right? So oh. he needs her to think that there's this like bigger thing so that she won't like. Because needs, otherwise, he they'll be, he, he goes okay. to work, there's things, there's, there's going to be moments where she will be able to talk to someone or escape or get out, you know. So he needs to know for his insurance 
if he has again if he has to leave or if she goes Does upstairs she or whatever that or he what? knows that he also has like invisible chains on her as well how long is this how long is what all right how long until so the contract was contract the contract was only like a month into her Fuck. into her confinement um the rules included never crossing her legs in front of him never wearing underwear doing whatever he said her name would be k from now on and she would wear a collar and only refer to Cameron as sir or master. Soon after this contract, Cameron moved his family and Colleen to a mobile home on a couple acres of rural land. So it was a lot more uh, private to do whatever the fuck, but there wasn't a lot of room. This is where Cameron built a coffin-like box that slid under the couple's waterbed. 70s. Oh, God. The 70s, bro. <coughs> Actually, we're getting into 80s at this point. Yeah. So even that no. bed's a little old, right? Yeah. Wasn't waterbeds like 60s, 70s? I feel like waterbeds were an 80s thing. Or was it 80s thing? I don't know. I'll Late 70s, 80s thing. You're going to have to look that up. You're going to have to be the coop right I'll now. Look it up. Uh, so Cameron built a coffin like box that slid under the couple's waterbed. She would live in this box for about 22 hours a day, only to be let out to eat and be tortured for the next three years. So let's talk about the box. You're right, 80s. So it's under, it's under a bed, so it's only big enough for you to lay down. You can't put your arms up, you can't. Go to, turn to the side even. Ugh. You are just like flat down. She's got a bedpan in there. There's a lock on the outside. Um, Under their brand new waterbed. Brand new waterbed. Yeah. Uh, the more Colleen... What the fuck? Oh, yeah. So about tw- she, was, she was under there about 22 hours a day only to be let out to eat and be tortured for the next three years. She was even in this box as the couple's second child was born on the bed above. They the had more a, at co- home birth? Yeah. Well, you have to. You don't have any fucking money while you're going to go to the fucking hospital. They Are don't, they broke? That's what it is? They're super poor? Or? They're not... <sighs> They're not broke, but I mean to I mean, they say got a that fancy they're waterbed, you know? yeah. To say <laughs> that they're super fancy waterbed, to say that they're recluse okay. is is a, an understatement, a, right? Like yeah, they are yeah. definitely they don't go anywhere. They don't. She Janice doesn't even really leave the house, right? So he just works, and the rest of he the time works and comes right back, and there. they don't leave. It's not like they're taking him to OBGYN, you know, uh, appointments. Um, this is so this is really fucked up it's fucked up right? 22 hours a day again if you're claustrophobic Joel I am I, I don't even want to can you fucking imagine no the air like the circulation that she had is he made he put like a a an air uh, a hair dryer on the cold setting through a hole which by the way Air dryer, like a hair dryer on cold is not actually cold. It's like a little bit warm, but at least Ugh. it's like some kind of circulation. But the more Colleen complied to all the stuff he wanted to do and just go along with it, the more freedom she earned. So she started to be able to 
uh, be sleep in Jesus fuck the bathroom upstairs, chained to the toilet instead of in a box. So she's like starting to get more, you know. If you follow the rules, if you, you can, follow the rules, you if you don't toilet. escape, if you believe in the company, all of these, like you can start to just like be the slave that we want you to be. We don't want to real put you in a box, but we don't want you to fucking escape either. Right. So we would love for you to we just want to do this to like you. Dahmer. Right. Like he would just love for someone to like want to do all that shit, but he couldn't find anyone. So we had to fucking kill him and do it to them while they're fucking dead. Right. Right. So like if you can find someone that's into it. That would be the dream. They just can't. So they have to fucking do fucked up shit. Um, Huh? I feel so bad for them that they couldn't find someone that was into this. I know. Sad, right? (laughs) We don't kink shame here. Sometimes, sometimes (laughs) you got to kink shame, right? Yeah, we kink shame today. Sometimes you got to kink shame, guys. And I think that bondage without consent is pretty shitty. Um... So she was allowed to sleep in the bathroom. She began helping around the house, working on the garden outside. Uh, She was watching the kids. Um, She sometimes even slept in the couple's bed with them. I was like this, trying to do this, you know, slave. Threesome? Not even, just kind of like, these are my slaves, right? Like, he would love to just have, like, a harem. So he's got two slaves. He's got two slaves chilling in his bed. Um, But uh, Janice was getting a little bummed and jealous about the situation, right? no. Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's all she needs now is a a jealous woman picking on her. Great. (laughs) Great. It's like, oh, I didn't fucking ask for this, girl. Um, Colleen was allowed to go on jogs around the neighborhood. What? Okay. Jogs? She would go on runs, dude, and come back. Wait, they want to keep her in shape? She just wanted to, you know, you want to exercise if you're laying in a box for five, you know what I mean? Like, so she was allowed to do that. They let her go Um, for jogs and she just didn't leave. And she came back. What the fuck? Thank you. Now we get into some frustrating parts of the story where you just go what the fuck dude and where the mental aspects need to be more um explained or you're going to be saying to yourself like are you fucking kidding like i would run away or whatever right i was outside you're going to be real frustrated so colleen was allowed to go on jogs she was uh she would talk to the neighbors she even was allowed to call home and talk to her family. What? Mm-hmm. She talked to her family? No. Yeah, she said she was just living with this dude, computer programmer dude that's her boyfriend, and she's fine. And, um, again, we're going to get a little frustrated with the family as well, like, and and them not calling the police, them not doing welfare checks, not asking where she is. like Not visiting? You know, it's been... Five, five or six years at this point. Five years that your daughter's yeah, missing. Call, the, the, the how are you not call? like? Oh my god! Like, where have you been? What is going on? Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. So uh, she was afraid of this this satanic company, and so she it didn't. Worked. It so worked. She, she didn't even try to escape 
not once, not give a little winksy to a neighbor, not pass a fucking note to anyone, not, you know, Jesus. call her family when she's out on a jog, nothing. Um, she was being tortured constantly and sleeping in the box, and this was for another two years that it went on like this. But um, they had gotten so comfortable, they knew she wasn't going to leave. Cameron even took her back to her family's house for a visit. He went with her, and he told her to tell her family that Cameron was her computer programmer boyfriend. They were in love. They were going to get married. Her family was confused, but they didn't ask any questions because they didn't want to scare her off again. Uh, so she seemed she seemed happy. There's pictures of her during this visit. She's hanging on Cameron, smiling. She looks very happy. She later will say, "Yeah." Oh, she later will say that she was just so happy to see her family. But I think at this point there is a little bit of like Stockholm falling in love with your captor, like not feeling severe like brain damage or something. severe brainwashing and yeah. just. You know, because when you are tortured like that and then someone comes and kind of takes you out and gives you food or like whatever, you start being like, you know, you feel affection for the person that's taking you out and taking care of you, even if they're the ones that put you in. It's like this crazy fucking thing. And it was like alone time with her and him and not with the wife around. Right. And it was like, you know. What the fuck? Yeah. So. God. Yeah. I don't think you are getting a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to have a conversation. I need to talk her. to my wife about why she chose this again. Like she's coming in hot. Like, you know, she's not like, Oh, I'm just going to give you some little, you know, husband killed his wife case. I'm going to the fucking craziest possible <laughs> thing. Um, so, Again, there's pictures of this time. They're looking really happy. They're looking in love. She didn't have to be hanging on him. She Can was. You see pictures of this moment. When yes, she's with you're going to show them right now. Fuck. It's just one picture of her, and she has her arm around him. He's laughing. She looks very happy, and this is at her family's house. God damn it! So this is fucked up. She left her family's home and went back with her captor to the box under the bed, and got in. Just Opens in. it up, just climbs in on her own. At this point, Colleen was made to get a job um, and give all of the money she made to Cameron. So she's now, like, in the workforce. She's leaving home, Leave working at a job, and coming back home to this. Now we're getting into, like, what the, the fuck? Box? Going back home, going back in the box, doing all the fucking shit, whatever. She is a little bit at this point forming a relationship with Janice and the kids because she's starting to be upstairs more, helping her around the house. They've even like gone to movies together. Like they're starting okay, to so be friends. Coming sister slaves. Yeah, like the most extreme fucked up sister wife situation of all time. What, what the do fuck? the kids think? I have no idea. They had no. According to the documentary that I saw, and the Perfect Victim book, the kids didn't have any idea. Although. Not sure how that's possible. Right? They had to have known something. I mean, how old are they? Well, like 
Five They've years at in, least six so years sh- in. the baby was eight months old when she got so kidnapped. Like six, so we're seven. now getting seven. The oldest would be almost seven years old. Like, I mean, I have a four year old that would have been like, "Hey, where the fuck does the babysitter sleep?" Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, he is she would in the box. Where's she sleeping? Like, where's her bed? Where's your room? You know what I mean? Like things like this. So I don't know. Fuck. Um, this is. This is like some of the most fucked up shit I've ever heard. Ever heard. There's people like this in the world. They can't really get away with this shit too much anymore because of like literally. The world literally, is a better place because of all this. The less privacy we have, the better. That's what I'm learning. It's kind of true. Like there would be uh, footage of, you know, there would be cell phones. Let's just say that. Yeah, they'd have You'd be able phones. to track shit. Um, your neighbors, we are a little bit more nosy now. And would be like, what the fuck is going on with that, right? Yeah. Whereas back then, like I said, with the Steven Stainer case, people were kind of like, oh, we just kind of stayed out of it, you know, and everyone's like got their own. You don't want to get into anybody's business. Where I think now, unfortunately, or fortunately, people are more willing to kind of question what's going on. And God damn it. How many times this happened when no one ever found out? Mm hmm. Did you see the movie Barbarians that just came out? No. It was pretty popular. It's, it's actually, my wife told me to watch it. All right, bud. <laughs> All right, bud. Are we are we seeing a pattern now? Yeah, this is more yeah. of an intervention than it's, anything. Yeah. No, just kidding. So, what's this Barbarians about? Well, you should watch it if you haven't seen it. It's pretty good, but it's about the same thing. Like this guy kidnaps um, a woman and then has a kid with her, keeps the kid, raises it up. And the the kid is like a woman who's like a what's well, complicated, but she's like a monster. And the, oh, okay, and so it's like mon- part make them up, part killing people. Okay, and it's Jason Jason Long. I think his name is really the funny guy. Huh? I didn't like him after I saw this movie. He's on my he's in my good graces again. He's really oh funny. okay anyway. okay. But now this is creepy that she liked that movie and she liked. Yeah, you guys case. watched anything? Um... Just kind of funny or lighthearted, <laughs> or you just go to metal shows and fucking watch metal shows and, and horror movies and yeah. bondage. Cool, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so look, I and by the way, happy for you, right? I'm happy for you. That's great. I guess that's what I'm into. Jesse. That's great, man. It's definitely what she's into. So I would uh, start buying some ropes, yeah, I guess and racks is. and whips. I should probably increase the just check it activity. out. Yeah. Just check it out. <laughs> she might be a little happier, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> so Janice began... Uh, oh, okay. So Janice, at this point again, was feeling very unhappy. Weird. A little bit anxious, having panic attacks. She was not liking the situation. She was feeling bad. They also, at this point, um, Cameron and Janice started going to church a lot more. Colleen would go with them sometimes. Um, they seemed very religious, but Cameron was also using certain scriptures to make the women feel better about what they were doing. Yeah. Because if you want to, you can turn any, like, you can find a story in the Bible that will justify your fucking shit that you're doing. Right. right. If you want to. The Bible's the perfect If you want to twist it and interpret interpret it. And, you know, try and make people feel like that's the real meaning. You can do it. Yeah. 
And that's kind of what he was doing. He'd been doing it for hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. (laughs) See, God, this is God's will. That kind of shit, right? So, but uh, Janice was going a lot more kind of by herself and starting to feel bad about what she was doing. Starting to feel bad after seven years. Um, And she began talking to her pastor and kind of told him what they were doing. No shit. She could, like, confession? Was it a confession? Yeah, I think she probably felt like if I confess, you know, look, no one in this story is the smartest person in the world, right? So uh, she maybe was like, I can confess to him and, you know, nothing's going to happen. I can get off my chest, but it's your pastor. They don't, like, turn you in or anything, right? Yeah. Which they don't, but he was like, uh, the pastor urged her to let Colleen go and, like, stop doing what they were doing, right? And I don't know if she kind of told so the he, whole story at this point. Knew but and then No, I don't do know anything? if she told the whole story at this point, but kind of, like, told him that she was feeling bad. That they have a situation. Uh, they have weird. a situation, whatever, and he was just like, N- you know, you're living in sin, whatever. Like, this he can't like, happen. how can I come over? Yeah, and he was like... Maybe so, I should try her out for a couple months. She's just like in the box. Uh, so and Janice now, the pastor now gets in on it. No. Okay. So Janice now started the process because her pastor was kind of, you know, no, that isn't cool. That isn't actually what God's saying. Right. Like started that kind of process. Janice now started to plan on helping Colleen escape. She started by telling her they went for a drive and he told she told her that there's no such thing as the company. It's a total lie. He was lying to you to get you to do all this stuff. And Colleen's like, what? what? There's no such thing as the company. And so, you know, again, because she's been brainwashed and broken and all of this, according to her or the way that she tells it is her whole life just like crashed. Because yeah. then you feel, then you feel like an idiot. Now you feel fucking stupid. You feel stupid. You feel, everything was just a total lie. Everything that you've been told, the people you were protecting, everything. It was just not real. I don't know why that was like the first time that she thought that, but hey, is what it is. Um, Colleen then called a family member to get money for a bus ticket home. Um, they got this it. Is a, this is like. In secret, like hiding from the husband. Yeah, this is like Janice, like helping her get out. Um, Shit. Janice and Colleen waited until Cameron went to bed and they told him that they were just going to sleep upstairs, like with the kids in the living room. So Colleen made it to the bus station that night where she called. She called Cameron and told him she was leaving him because it was kind of a relationship at this point. In a weird fuck. She called him and was like, I'm leaving you. I'm not doing this anymore. He burst into tears. He's begging her to stay. Uh, he loves her. Like, they want, he wanted to get married. Like, all of this. And she was like, no. What the fuck? Thankfully, she was like, no, I'm going to go. She got on the bus, left, and went back home. Now, when Colleen got She's back still home. She fucked up. She called him. She called him. Fucking hell, That's not man. the only time she calls him. So, Colleen went back home. But didn't really tell her family what was going on. She kind of was just like, she didn't really touch on it. She didn't go to the police. 
Holy fuck. Nothing. She just wanted to move on and not deal with it. In some ways, I understand that, but... No, how do you understand that? Just wanting to be like, dude, like, I don't want to go. I don't want to do a fucking... Crime juice. This is darker than the Dahmer episodes. Yeah. This is fucked up. Wait, what do you mean she didn't call the cops or anything? I think it was just like, there's, there's arguments to be made for just being like, dude, that was so fucked up. I'm not trying to like go to trial and literally tell everyone all this fucked up shit. She probably felt fucking stupid. But he needs to go to jail. Don't worry. What about someone else? Don't worry. So, yeah, well, I don't think she cares about somebody else at that point. But I guess I wouldn't give a fuck. She was either. just like, you know what? <laughs> and at this point, too, which we'll, we'll hear in the trial is like she's not, you know, she's talking to them still. She's saying she forgives him. She's like, oh, my God. I know. I know. She is that fucked up I mentally, I mentally need to do something else for now. Yeah. So Colleen would call and keep in touch with Janice and sometimes even Cameron, Janice and Cameron. And well, Janice told told Colleen as well, like, don't say anything until I figure out how I'm going to get out of this. And then we can yeah. like kind of do this together. As far as, like, go to the police and stuff. Like, don't yeah. do it now because I want to keep my kids. I want to get out of here, whatever. So Janice and Cameron actually separated for a little bit. But love finds a way, right? They got they got back together. And at this Holy point, when shit. they reunited, now they're trying to... Now they're getting rid of all evidence that Colleen was there. It's so like, all her stuff, all the, like, you know, torture stuff, whatever. Like This never happened. This never happened. So if the police come or anything, they're going to be like... What? Like, uh, nothing oh. here. Nothing to see here. We're just a married couple with some kids, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, uh, Colleen's family also was urging her to go to the police. She would, dr- would kind of drop a couple details every once in a while, but There's not really. Hints, but never told them. Never told them, but just kind of said, oh, what yeah, he hell? would. She probably was saying things not even knowing that it was bad. Like, oh, yeah, he would make me blah, blah. And you're just like, or, yeah, when I was with my boyfriend and his wife, so, whatever, something. Yeah. You're like, we did uh, this crazy shit. Yeah. You're like, huh? Hey, man, I don't think this was cool. Again, her family. Did she ever do anything fucked up to her family? Just like, no. From habit or something? No, but. You know, like, I'm pissed at the I'm pissed at the family a little bit. Like if my daughter was missing yeah. for six years, no call, no nothing, comes back, looks different, skinnier, hair's thinner, she's with some weird guy with Dahmer glasses, by the way, that oh, like no. is not her type and just it's it's just a real strange situation. If the fact that they didn't just go like, what is going on? Or get her to another room or whatever and just be like, what is up? Are you okay? This is crazy. Where have you guys yeah. been? Where are you living? What What's the, the address? Is what on? is this? They didn't do any of that. And let her go and still sense. didn't do anything. Still didn't call the cops and just, can you check on this? This is who it is. Like, I don't know what's going on with my daughter. But again, who knows if the police, are, they're like, oh, that runaway that you called about a couple years ago. Yeah, she ran away with some dude. Like, again, 
you know, they're, they have enough cases that are like real. They need to like go after kidnappers, yeah. whatever, where you can't just be like, hey, my 20 year old is acting weird. They're like, cool. Okay. Go get her. I mean, I don't know. Go you know what I mean? Yourself. She was at your fucking house. What do you mean? But why didn't they just go over there for a minute once? I don't think they got. They didn't get any didn't information. Get <laughs> they didn't get any information. The sister was like, I wanted to ask her. She looked weird. It was fucking weird. And my parents were like, don't say anything because we don't want to scare her off. We want her to come back and visit. And if we like push her on stuff or make her feel bad, like she's not going to come back. Right. Lose their mind ago. because she's an adult at this point. She's not a child. Right. So. Um. So Colleen's family at this point, when they're getting these little details, are urging her to go to the police, but she wouldn't. She didn't want to do it. Finally, Janice went to her pastor again and told him more. And he was just like, you, you have got to, um, you've got to call the police. She was like, no, he ended up calling with all the information that he had given her. And when when detectives ended up talking to Janice, they knew that they actually needed her testimony to get Cameron on anything. So they had to grant her total immunity. Nothing would happen to her as long as she told them everything. So, again, little fucked up because Janice, again, debatable. But she also was, was, like, very complicit in a lot of this shit. But, again, she was scared, too. She had been it started the same way. Started for her the same than way it was for her exactly. And when you're scared of someone and he has total control over the situation, like I'm sure she didn't want to lose her kids. There's all these things that could have been and said. She but was around it her whole fucking life. Total so it immu- normal. Yeah, total immunity. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> but so she then began to talk and confessed everything that her and Cameron had done and everything I told you leading up to that. And he actually, she actually told police that he had kidnapped one girl before Colleen, but killed her in like two days and got rid of her body. So it was like, started out like Colleen, but like did not end killed her or no, it was, it was real killing. And it was just, they were like, whoopsie, not going to do it that way again. Right. Oops, we took it too far. Yeah, you got to practice, right? You got to figure out what's going to work. Detectives then went to talk to Colleen. Mm. Crime Jews. Who, again, did not, didn't want to talk. Didn't want to do this. She she didn't call the police. Someone else called. Janice, you know, started this ball rolling and then the police show up and she's like, okay, I guess we're doing this. I kind of wanted to move on, but all right. So Colleen was, uh, according to detectives, just really calm and detached and explained things in a very just lucid, like you're talking about, yeah, like you're talking about um, going to the park the other day. Like just like, oh, and then, yeah, just um, I got hung up and then I was in a box (laughs) and then I was like down and they were like, dang, like this girl... Is messed up, but I don't think they have enough um, experience with it to really know what was going on. So they're just like, okay, all right. Well, she actually corroborated everything Janice said. So they were saying the exact same thing. The, the cops were like, oh, damn. Okay. Shit. 
Um, back at the mobile home, detectives were trying to find any evidence that hadn't been thrown away. They ended up opening, like, a, uh, whatever, a notebook, like my chicken scratch, and <laughs> out fell the contract that uh, Colleen had signed. Oh, shit. And they also found pictures of both her and Janice kind of like trophy pictures of hung up or on the rack or whatever. Um, so he had to keep something, didn't he? Yeah, you can't he what you can't just throw away your 7 years of your ultimate fantasy. You've <laughs> got to have something to look back on, right? So, yeah, you're not throwing away everything. Um, thankfully. Uh but uh so the prosecutors believed that they had uh, a pretty great case at this point with all the evidence the Tell witnesses me this jacked up for this yeah yeah okay well it's difficult but case but uh it would actually be so they thought they had a a great case seems cut and dry right yeah it it proved to be a little bit more difficult when they actually got into the trial for various reasons one of which being like this kind of stuff like is pretty new as far as, uh, you know, Stockholm and brainwashing and things like this. Yeah. Where people actually understand it. It's fairly new, right? What are you listening? Huh? What are, are you like? Oh, no, I'm just creeped out. And I'm worried that he's going to get away with this. Yeah, is it because the doors keep kind of creeping open? Yeah. Is like a door open? Not the front. I don't think so. No, right? Blown open or anything? No. Is it windy now? You know, it's still daytime out. I don't know, but it is. It's feeling creepy in here. Yeah, and cold. Yeah. It's cold. It's weird. Cold. It's weird. It's creepy. So. I'm going to have to talk to my wife. Yeah, you're going to have to call her. I mean. I'm going to call. Yeah. Well, she she might be asleep already. It's seven hours ahead. Yeah. When do you guys talk? At. Morning? Morning and night. What time at night? Usually around now. Oh, okay. You could tell her, sorry, hun, can't talk. I'm yeah. fucking learning about all your sick I'm fuck ways, dude. Fucking... Just kidding. I'm doing your cute ca- just say, I'm going I'm doing your cute girl in the box case. Yeah. I'm gonna put her in it's a box. It's a real sweet one. <laughs> um so uh, all right, so Cameron was arrested and charged with kidnapping, rape, sodomy, and like nine other whatever, uh, aggravated kidnapping, using a knife, all these weird things. Yeah, whatever weird little thing, like uh, coercion. No, they couldn't find that body, even though Janice had, like, taken them to where he had put the body. Like, they could not find any of the remains. So at that point, it wasn't even on on the table. Um, So let's get ready to get frustrated again. With the situation. So Cameron's defense was that besides the kidnapping, everything else was consensual. And that Janice only turned him in because she was jealous of the relationship that he had with Colleen. Because uh, there was a statute of limitations on the kidnapping. So if he got away with all the other stuff, the kidnapping, you know, he would basically walk out. 
because statute of limitations is up on kidnapping. If he can prove that all this other stuff was consensual and just like bondage and like fun kinky shit. The fuck? Which it's possible, but you know, it's going to be hard. It would be hard to prove that, but he tried. Um, The prosecution displayed all pieces of evidence and recreated all of the boxes, like the little box and then the head box and had jurors like, they had someone that looked, that was dressed like Colleen when she was um, on the stand, uh, dressless like her and put the like box on her head so that the jury could see what that was, what it looked like, like some of them even tried the box on themselves to really see what that was like. Some Why don't people you all wear this box tonight for one night and I see mean, how you feel tomorrow and see if there's consent. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, I think, but all of them said, like, even putting it on for a second was just, like, the worst feeling in the world. They couldn't breathe, super claustrophobic. Fuck that. Couldn't hear, see anything. So being in that for a night that would be enough right so they a couple of them tried it on thankfully got in the box they showed the box like the smaller one that she was first in where she was kind of like crunched in then they showed the box where she was laying down under the thing so they were able to see all these things in front of them it was pretty powerful um and then they also got an expert to take the stand that had worked with the jonestown cult jim jones and uh studied Stockholm syndrome so they were able to this expert was able to explain mentally what happened to Colleen and what happens to people that are just you know coerced scared you know mentally broken down uh all of these things uh but the defense entered into evidence so this is they thought they're good right prosecution we have got these witnesses colleen's talking about everything we have all of the torture devices we have janice talking you think you're good uh but then defense entered into evidence love letters about three love letters that colleen had wrote written to cameron after she escaped that she Uh, loved him missed him you know she wrote him love letters yeah Uh, They showed pictures, which you're going to show the pictures of her visiting her family and looking like she's fully in a relationship with this guy, didn't say anything to her family. They're also going to show phone records that she called 29 times to the home of Janice and Cameron after she escaped. Some of these phone calls lasted like an hour. So she is like, as far as proving that it was consensual, here you go. Right. Right. It's like, oh, they were in a relationship. They broke, you know, Janice called and then she's like still trying to keep in contact because, you know, didn't want it to end. Um, They also leaned on all the uh, on the fact that she had so many opportunities to leave or tell someone or run away or call or tell her family. There was so there was years where she was, again, going to a job going back to the house, visiting her family. So they were trying to say it was all consensual. Yes, that was his that was his defense. They were just into Fuck. some weird sex shit. Janice was jealous and turned him in, called the police. But in fact, it was fully consensual and she just didn't Janice just didn't like that it was happening at her house. 
So this was actually a huge hit for prosecution. They were not really sure what was going to happen because you never know. Again, like if they could just get a couple people to believe and again, call go back to Colleen's testimony. Like she's yeah, not she hysterical. Say? What did she say? Like did she say no, it wasn't consensual? Yeah, she talks no, she talks about the company, she talks about the contract, she talks about how scared she was, like That's she didn't think she up. could leave. Um, you know, but even the letters and stuff, she's just kinda like, I don't know. Like I don't know why I did that. I don't know. And that makes sense too. But it's not gonna make sense to a jury, right? And so if they can they can just get a couple of those jurors to believe that she somehow was like okay with it, but then now is not okay with it. Um, then he could get off. Then he could get off. Fuck. Um, but again, he's uh, he's he's saying that he kidnapped her, right? Yeah, but, that's the part. But because the statute of limitations is up on kidnapping, he's basically saying, like, oh, I did the one thing that I can't get in trouble for, but everything else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he can how does only that work get. Exactly. Like, how. What, is, what does that mean exactly? It means that you can't prosecute. Why um, can't they? Past a certain point because you don't. I don't think they have it. That's not like that anymore. But, like, let's say sexual assault case. Like, there's. If you don't tell, you know, police and get this person arrested or press charges within a certain amount of time, then you can't. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the statute of limitations of like, hey, you know, you've gotta you've gotta do it she now while we can while we can get evidence and while we're not just going off of like Bill Cosby, for example, we're not going off of just you saying stuff. We have no evidence. We have no way to corroborate it. We just have to believe you. That's what happens when you go past when you wait this certain amount of time, 10 years, years 20 years, whatever it is. So <clears throat> I think so it was 10 up. years at this point. So it was like up. But um, but don't worry, Joel. After three days of, a de- of deliberation, which is a very long time, I think. The, for, for this case, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't you kind of be like, dude, whatever it is, fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, even if she did fuck, want to, yeah. get this fucking guy off the street. Like, <laughs> yeah. whatever. But anyways, you can't really do that. Um, the jury came back with guilty on 12 of 13 counts. So he was sentenced. Yeah. He was sentenced to consecutive sentences, adding up to 104 years. Yeah. Yes. I thought it was going to be like the other case where the guy that kidnapped the kid got less mm. years and the kid was captured or whatever it was. Do you remember? Again, though, that was in That's the was, that was in the fuck. for real 70s, right? Yeah. So that guy's case made it so this guy go, right? So So thank thankfully to that kid. Yeah. This guy got got 100%. Oh, thank God. So the dude's in jail still or dead? Oh, in Terrasant. I don't know if he's in 80s. He's got to be dead. Well, if, how old was he? Only a few years older, right? So he'd be like in his Cameron. 80s. Cameron. Hang on. Cameron Hooker. No. <gasps> what? What'd you find? Uh, I thought you were ahead of me. Uh-uh. Cameron Hooker. Sorry, guys. Jesse and Joel, Beach. look at the internet. Jesse and Joel, look at the internet. 
Today, Cameron Hooker is serving his 104 years in prison. So he's still alive. Still alive. Still in prison. He's he filed a couple appeal of appeals that were like <laughs> shut down immediately. Good. Um. And oh god, could you imagine trying to date one of these girls after all that? That's the thing. So let's talk about Colleen. She's on her fourth marriage. Holy she has shit. because you know she even says she's like people say they're going to be okay with it, and then they're fucking not okay with it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I get it. I understand. Blah, blah, blah. And then they're not and cool they're with like, it. And then it ultimately always comes up or, you know, I'm sure she's fairly weird, either doesn't want to have up. sex or it's fucked up. Right. So didn't really get into that. But you can imagine yeah. um, oh, she has a her child. Well, no, she's married now. She's on her fourth marriage. She's married now. She has a child and grandchildren. Oh. Um, numerous health issues from her years of captivity. But. You know what's really fucked up too in this documentary that I saw? They brought her, they took her back to the house and like filmed her, huh? In the documentary. In the documentary. It was, I think it was on Amazon Prime. It's the only one that you could find that's actually like a full on documentary anymore. You can find her interviews and stuff, but ones where they like go through the whole thing. There's a two parter on Amazon Prime and they fucking. They drive her up to this thing. They make her walk down into the basement. Someone else lives there, right? But it's still, still the same. It's still place. the same house. It's the basement. It's and they like we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And she's oh, just God. like, she's like, weirdly, I think she's gone through enough therapy and is very religious that she's just like, or also, it's- she's like, this is fucking crazy. Like, but she isn't like having a full on panic attack or breakdown or whatever. And talk about. I mean, in some ways you can say she's mentally weak because of believing all this shit or whatever, but in some ways fucking mentally strong. I mean, if you talk about people that have like fucking panic attacks and anxiety over what, and like this bitch is in a fucking box, not able to breathe and has to like control her breathing and mind if you want to, if your nose itches and was able to just like calm herself down in a fucking box in a place she has no idea where she is, who she's there with. And then was like, eh, I think I just want to move on. Yeah, it's real fucked. So there is, uh, again, there's a couple really frustrating things in this case, but, yeah, you know, in the end. She made it, and he's in jail. She made it. And then, so as far as it's like the girl in the box... I think that headline, and I think that's probably what your sick fuck wife saw too, which is like the girl in the the girl in the box is like, you know, you go like, oh my god, and there was like Lifetime movies made about it, and like they don't go into all the other stuff; they only go into the part where she's in a box under the bed, for you know what I mean, and just living in like a coffin. Um, And that's not exactly what (laughs) the whole story is. If that's the whole story, it's fucked up. But it's not, and it never is. Love letters and stuff. I just feel like the mental, yeah, to the amount of mental damage she got from being in the box, you know, or everything, of course. But just everything. I can't imagine how fucked up it had to be for your, for you to call them. You know what I mean? Like, like how fucked up you would have to be from all that, where you felt like you had to call them. Like that fucks with me. Like I, 
Well, again, well, my instincts, I would run. I would, and I'd like to think that if I was in that situation yeah. for five years and I got the opportunity that I would fucking run. So but we're I, all but saying, yeah, exactly. So we're this all is like proven that this Stockholm bullshit is real. I mean, look, but there are other cases. Let's say like Steven Stainer where, you know, well, true. But he, no, he, he was for a, a long time. But look, he was a fucking child. <laughs> true. He was abducted at what? Six? Four or six or something, yeah. Six or seven, maybe eight. I think eight. And and then it was like 13, And was told, yeah, they told that his family doesn't want him anymore. At that age, you know, you can definitely manipulate somebody's mind. It's yeah. when you're 20, you are still a kid, I get it. But that one, that one's hard. Yeah. That one's hard uh. to be like, what would I do? What would I do? And there is all this psychology behind it as far as like what I was saying. Um, when you're broken down so much, when you're, you just want relief so bad and the person that opens up the door. And also, too, you know, Cameron, like after these things would happen, he would like take them down from the restraints and like hold them and be like, you know, loving. Mm. Right. Yeah. So. It's all kinds of like masterful manipulation, and again, he was the one torturing. It was them, a but he full was also the one saving them, right? And so you kind of, and so that many years of that, you end up. That's your life. That's your relationship, and all relationships are different. And if you haven't had that many, you don't really know what's real bad and what. I mean, obviously, she should have known, but hey. So, you know. Is what it is, but uh, what you what would you do in that situation? It's not really clear. Yeah, you can't really. I'd like to say, say I would say, run or I'd fucking kill that guy. You know. Yeah, but also I'd like, like to say that, but who knows you would like to say there. that, but also like, would you even be able to make it one night in the head box? Fuck no, no. So it's like, okay, first of all, I wouldn't even be able to live. In the fucking box like that without hyperventilating to the point of fucking. You think you would just die in the box? I think I would freak out in certain situations that he put her in. I would, I think I would freak out enough that I would just like not be able to breathe because in that box and stuff, you have to control your breathing in order to actually get the breaths that you need. If you're fucking hyperventilating, whatever, and trying, trying to get a breath. Oh my God. You're gonna die. So nope. that would probably be, be me. Yeah, I'd be that would dead probably first be me. Days. I wouldn't be mentally strong enough to do it. I don't know. I would like to say I wouldn't be mentally weak enough for it to happen, but you never know. You literally never know. Ugh. This is the worst episode. Do you want to call your wife? <laughs> you want to call her? Let her know we did it. We did your case. Um. But again. Thanks, babe, for the for the thanks, wonderful episode. Thanks. <laughs> And the one that that Coop isn't on, too, huh? Yeah. So you just had to take all the fucking heat, dude. Yeah, he would have had some good zingers. I wish he was here for this one. I know. Sad. But, But, um, yeah. That's it. That's it. He's in jail. He's in jail for 104 years. He's going to die in there. He's never getting out. It's a case where the guy got what he deserved, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure people have found out what he did and... Mm. I bet he's been put in a box a couple times. Oh, one hundred percent. He's been the fact that he's still alive. Like, you know, like Dahmer, they killed him fucking immediately. The fact that he's still alive is crazy. 
that True. someone wasn't like, bro, because there is fucking jail justice, right? Yeah. That means, I mean, he's definitely gotten some of that. Prison justice. Oh, I'm sure. I hope. He has to have. But that sick but fuck, his, I bet he, he's fucking box. fine with it. You know what he I mean? He likes it. That's the other thing you wonder, like... Pfft. But they never, he never had them torture him, no. right? It was all just... He was all in control, and guess what? Now he's not anymore. That's right, and he's in a fucking box yeah. forever. Yay! Yay! <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much one, for watching one, on Patreon yeah. on Friday, listening um, on the RPR feed on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Love all your feedback. Um, and again, the winner of the <laughs> of the snake breeder uh, episode is Dylan Bowen. Dylan, you been did. snaking around. Been snaking around. That's the been one. snaking around, dude. We like it. <laughs> Love it. And again, we're not going to do a, an alternate title for this. It's just too. Yeah, this is just. It's the girl, the in, the girl box. in the box. That's how she's known. If you look up anything about her, Colleen Stan, all you will see is the girl in the box. My lord. And again, this is why she didn't want to talk. Okay. Her whole fucking life after this, this has been f- interviews and people wanting to know about the girl in the box and asking yeah. her fucking questions. So, like, she wasn't completely fucking out of bounds to be like, dude, Fuck I off. just want to fucking forget about it. I want to pretend it didn't happen. Right? Yeah, I see that. Just like this episode. Yeah, I see you're that. Gonna want, uh, you're going to need to take a shower when you yeah. get home, huh? <laughs> Clean off this episode, bud. You're welcome from Joel, guys. If you want Joel to um, suggest any more cases, let oh, me know. <laughs> You're so fucked up, dude. I'm sorry, you guys. You're I'm such sorry. a sick fuck. You and your <laughs> wife. I mean, my God, you're well, made for each you, other. What does she want? Does she want to put me in a box, or does she want to be put in a box? I think she wants a little time. You know, when she, I think she wants some, like, light fun flirty bondage not straight, not straight to the hardcore shit no okay I no there'll be consent there'll be safe words you know the, the but this is way. her message <laughs> this is her little hint and message to you <laughs> of what um she's into and again when i meet her she could be like hey bitch what like i did not that's not what it was at all <laughs> and then we can have that conversation i yeah. can't wait to meet her she I sounds like a sweetie pie <laughs> <laughs> just kidding love you guys thank you for listening to crime corner jesse wiseman joel yeah. hodge hodge oh Benner. what are we doing it's better better huh yeah you always switch it up on me, bro. Well, Hodge was was my name growing up, and then yeah, and when I knew you, and now name. okay. And so now that I'm getting married, we're both going to be banners. Okay. Yeah. A and little it'll be official by law and everything. A little. It's a so little complicated. Sicko banners, right? Yeah. They're coming the through the <laughs> naughty banners, dude. <laughs> be careful. All right, love you guys. Um, you know what they didn't have in this story. <laughs> Prolapse!